Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five star rating and review or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Marie, and Marie's had a lifetime of abduction cases. Marie, welcome to the show. Hi, Kate. Thank you. I'm very excited to have you on because we don't really have many abductees on our show. And I think from memory, I think we maybe had maybe two, maybe three. And it's a, it's a very rare thing for, for people in your circumstances to come forward and talk about it. So I'm very, very appreciative that you've taken the time to come on the show. Oh, uh, look, it's my pleasure. Um... I'm very keen to get um, my information out there, um, and I'm only to help other people who have had these experiences before as well. Do you want to basically take us to the first time that you were adopted to kind of set the tone? Sure. Okay, so um, I'm just like everybody else, uh, but my normal is um, I had an upbringing of um, coming from a psychic family. Um, I've been a medium now for 39 years, practicing practicing medium. Um, and so aliens and that, you know, the paranormal and all that was really my normal. So um, that was my upbringing. Um, but as a child, I kept having what I would refer to as three reoccurring dreams. And... One of them was I would wake up throughout the night, and I suppose I may have been four or five, and I would wake up sitting in the lounge room on the lounge, and I would see these um, three, what I thought were people, but they didn't look like your average person, and they would be standing in the doorway um, that led into our hallway. And I felt like uh, I was in a bit of a, um, I don't know, coming out of um, a deep sleep. Although I was wide awake, everything around me seemed quite surreal. 
and they would come closer to me and then they would fade away. It was um, it was quite disturbing, but at the same time, I felt very familiar with these, um, and I will call them people because that's what I thought at the time. Um, so that was the first one. Um, the second one, I would um, be put into my sister's bed uh, throughout the night. I used to like sleeping in between my parents. Um, I was quite nervous and scared as a child. Uh, but throughout the night, my mum would pick me up and would take me into my sister's bed. And sometime throughout the night, um, I would actually float out of her bedroom window. And we had a huge gum tree in our backyard and there was an owl that used to live in this tree and I remember I would acknowledge this owl which um, you know of course seems quite bizarre but this is what would happen and I would float down and then my next memory would be landing just near the banana tree in the yard and I would be very fearful and I would run up the 14 steps up to the back door um, and then I would let myself in. So I don't know where I went in between floating out of the window, um, but then I would land back. It's it's It felt like I was dropped off because I remember landing on my feet um, just near the banana tree, and all of a sudden I would be scared. Um, the third one, which was really bizarre, was um, I would find myself in a room, so I would wake up find myself in a strange room and I would be sitting at a desk and it had a hard surface. I can't remember if it was wood or not, but I remember it being hard and I had my arms resting on the desk and I felt like, um, well, my arms were very uncomfortable, but I felt like I was actually morphing um, as a young child. That's not the words or the thoughts I had about it, but in hindsight, that's what I think was happening to me. And uh, it was just the most, you know, bizarre, I don't know, type of feeling. Um, my arms felt very thin and, um, you know, um, I don't know, just um, just not my arms. I felt like they didn't belong to me. Um, so these were these three reoccur, and I would have them over and over and over. I think until I was about eight years old, and then they just seemed to stop. Um, and I'm not sure, well, I, at the time I wasn't sure what they were all about, uh, but since I've had so many more experiences since then, um, I can certainly place them um, that they were alien-related. Wow, that's that's quite incredible to be, you know, four or five years old and to to remember those dreams since yes. for, for so long ago because I know um I, I, even myself I have I have a lot of difficulty re- remembering um anything that was in my childhood but for you to remember three dreams that you constantly had over and over that's that's quite fascinating in itself yeah look I even used to um think about it a lot as I was growing up um and speaking to one of my sisters about it um it was just the same three dreams over and over but looking back now, um, I think I had three separate experiences um, and I was just replaying them in dream form over and over and over again. And I now believe it's because I was meant to remember them. I was, remen- um, I was meant to remember that as a child I had these experiences. 
Um, and it's a little bit like a jigsaw puzzle. And they were three pieces, you know, to the larger puzzle. Let's talk about that first dream that you had where you encountered the, the beans while you're in your lounge room. Did they, yeah. after time, do you, or even I guess since um, your, your later experiences through life, which, we'll, which we will get to, do you remember any shape or, I guess, appearance to what these, these beans look like in that first encounter? No, I don't remember um, sort of any features about them. I remember their heights. So there were two small ones and a taller one. And this um, coming closer and then moving away again uh, seemed quite um, like it was all blurry, except my eyes were very, um, you know, like I was wide awake and I was looking at them. I remember when it first happened, I found myself on the lounge with my head down and then I looked up towards this doorway and that's when I saw them. Um, and I, I think I remember feeling scared or unsure, but yet I felt very familiar. Um, yeah, and there was just a tall one, two smaller ones. And, um, you yeah, see, the thing is I used to say that they were people, three, you know, three people. And um, recently um, I had been regressed um, after an, an awake encounter as an adult and the same thing, I was on board a craft in this regression and I was calling these aliens people. So I, I feel that, you know, they were very familiar to me and that's how I saw them, just like us. That's, that's quite fascinating. I'm really interested in this second encounter that you had because there's a, there's, I guess, a one thing that really stands out to me that I find to be a common thing in a lot of um, abduction cases. And that's seeing an owl. Yes. Now, have have you ever experienced anything with owls later on in your life? Um, My sister and I, now this particular sister has also um, had her own encounters throughout her life. And we were away up at um, the north uh, sorry, the mid-north coast, and we're on holidays, and um, we heard a noise outside the apartment we were staying in, and my sister was in one room, I was in the other, and she was looking out the window to see if she could see anything, and I was looking out my window to see if I could see anything. So we could hear each other when we spoke, and um, she said, Marie, can you see that owl? And right outside the window, it was almost like, for us, we felt like it was a warning um, to be careful. So um, she's also a medium, so we always do look for signs. And, um, yeah, so there were a group of young boys in the park that was just below the unit we were staying in. And I don't know if they were trying to break in, um, but this owl really caught our attention. Um, but I would say, really, that's the only time. I have done quite a bit of research on, uh, the, you know, encounters with aliens and owls often, you know, show up. Yeah, it, it seems to be a way that the, the mind kind of, I guess, explains what the person is seeing. And it's, it's really not uncommon that a lot of people 
I guess, experience owls in these, in these types of encounters. So that's, that's quite interesting. And you said that that encounter was also, you had a, a, a terrified feeling throughout that one. Um, yes. When I felt that I was placed back um, and I landed on the ground again, um, I all of a sudden felt terrified. I felt like I was alone, like it was, you know, the middle of the night, like floating out of the window. That, was, that didn't seem to be a problem for me. Acknowledging the owl and the gum tree, not a problem. Floating down. And also what I forgot to mention in, in that particular um, encounter, my mother would be hanging clothes on the washing line at night. Um, and that always struck me as quite odd that I would see her and um, then the next memory I had would be landing on the ground um, and my mum would no longer be there and I would feel quite frightened and I would have to run back up these stairs to the back door. Have you ever spoken or did you ever get the chance to speak to your mother about that type of encounter? No, I didn't. And that's another... um, Quite a common thing with people who have had encounters, um, it's you'll have these encounters, but yet you either don't speak to them or you share an experience with someone and you've had an, an encounter together and you may mention it once or twice, but then you don't seem to talk about it in depth. It's very odd, but I actually, I was listening to a podcast last night and the gentleman on there was talking about um, someone he knew who I think he's written a book called Alien Apathy, and it seems to be a common theme. Um, and I don't know why that is. I do have my own thoughts on it. I do believe that um, we're either programmed not to talk about it, um, or there's some sort of there's after. After an encounter, there's something that they do to you that if you do start speaking about it, um, you you just don't seem to go sort of in-depth with it. It's just, it is bizarre, but it seems to be quite common. Do you think it might be an individual's subconscious just trying to, I guess, hide what happened there? Because it, it might have been a, a quite a terrifying terrifying experience for that individual, and maybe it's just their their subconscious trying to protect them? Maybe, yeah. Um, I just find it's um, it, it's just quite odd because it is quite, you know, like a common theme throughout, um, you know, people who have been abducted. It, it covers a lot of different encounters as well because I even get it with people who've had um, your run-of-the-mill UFO encounters. They, oh, yes. They, they kind of just close up about it and they don't really want to talk about it anymore, which is um, – which is fascinating because this happens to to generally to people who have had a, a group experience as well. Yes, yes, yeah. Look, it is quite odd. I remember my sister and I would, um, as adults, we would be talking about our encounters, but um, in a very general sense, we would, you know, talk about what we thought was a dream the night before, or we might say to each other, "Oh, you know, I had an alien dream last night," or I was taken last night, but it never seemed to go anywhere, this conversation. But it's only recently that I started to um, question that. Like after my awake encounter in 2016, I really started to 
ask myself, well, why? Why didn't those conversations ever go anywhere? It might be we would be talking about it and then we're distracted somehow, something on TV or someone else walks into the room and then that's it. We don't talk about it again. And I remember being at um, a UFO talk with my sister one afternoon and someone in the audience asked the speaker what a grey alien felt like. And I leant over to my sister and I whispered into her ear, I said, well, their skin feels um, cold but also clammy. And she just looked at me and she said, how do you know that? And I just said, I know. But that was it. That was the end of the conversation. She didn't ask, but how do you know? And and I didn't um, I didn't really think about it again after that. Well, lucky for you, I'm going to ask you plenty of questions about that later. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so let's talk about this last encounter that you, I guess, this last reoccurring dream that you had, and that's you sitting in this um, this strange room, and you felt like you were morphing. So yes, you felt like your body was actually changing. Well, at the time, I just remember sitting at some sort of desk and my arms resting upon the top of the desk and they felt like they were really bony and they felt very uncomfortable and I was quite um, quite irritated by that feeling and I just, I didn't like it. Um, but looking back now, that's when I would say I feel like I was morphing because I remember looking down as a child through throughout this encounter and looking at my arms and they looked long, thin and very bony. Um, but again, it was just, you know, one of the, you know, recurring dreams and I just thought I just have to keep remembering it, remembering it, remembering it. Um, and that's what I remember about it. It was just um, I don't remember anything after that. It was just more about the feeling and how uncomfortable I felt. It's it's really, really fascinating because it makes me wonder if they were doing maybe physical experiments on you or if they were doing maybe psychological experiments on you to see mm-hmm. how you would react to, um, I guess, if your body was actually changing. Yes, yeah. Well, it could have been anything like that, but, you know, like really I have no idea, but um, that's all I have to work with <laughs> these, you know, three dreams and – it's just a piece of the puzzle, I think. Absolutely. And you mentioned something about awake encounters. So are you able to explain the difference between the the awake encounters and the, the encounters that you had as a child? Because did you ever find, mm-hmm. find that that overlapped? Um, sorry, how do you mean overlap? So were you ever having encounters while you're awake, but then also having these um these reoccurring dream encounters? As a child or as an adult? Um, as either, because I know you, you had them quite young and when did the, mm. basically when did the awake encounters start happening? Oh, okay. Well, um, in 2016, um, it was on a Wednesday night, it was the 9th of November and I was in bed with my husband, sound asleep. We um, lived in a townhouse at the time uh, so the bedroom was upstairs and the bed head was just underneath the window and we had quite a large window. And it was a very leafy, um, you know, suburban area that we lived in, um, in Sydney. 
And I remember waking up throughout the night and hearing this sound and I felt really irritated by it and really annoyed and I said to myself in my head, what is that sound? And it went on for a little bit and the sound was um, a very fast, sharp clicking sound but at the same time there was a strumming sound and to me it sounded like um, a snare drum but it was like a like that but at the same time it was a clicking um, and it was very fast. I can't repeat it um, you know, myself because it was too fast. Um, but I remember thinking, what is that? And then all of a sudden, it was like I was washed over with this absolute terror. And I knew instantly that it was aliens. And it was like just a knowing, a recognition. And um, yeah, I just, I knew instantly. And the moment I had that realisation, I felt absolutely paralysed. I couldn't move. I could move my eyes. And I thought then, I thought, oh, my gosh. It was like um, my mind was flooded with memories. And I, I knew 100% that I had always been taken because as a child having these recurring dreams, I always had a knowing um, no confirmation, but this was absolute confirmation. And I just thought, oh, my God, these are real. And the clicking noise continued. And um, I then was actually, I thought, oh, my God, they're taking me somewhere. But they were actually bringing me back. I had already gone. They were sliding me under my bed covers very slowly, very gently. And then I hear a voice in my head say, you'll be fine once you're under the covers. And oh, at first, wow. yeah, at first I thought I was saying that to myself and all, you know, like all this is happening in like split seconds and I'm thinking, oh, my God, what's going on? Um, and why? Why am I saying that to myself? And then I realised that this voice would just come and when I was slid under the covers, the covers came right up under my eyes, you know, just on, just up on my cheekbone, and they had me on my right-hand side, and the, the clicking continued. But this terror, I can't describe to you. It was I've never felt anything like it in my life. It was absolute terror. That and, sounds <laughs> genuinely terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And so when that happened, they put me under the covers. You'll be fine once you're under the cover. Um, the noise stopped. And I thought, oh, my God, thank God they're gone. Now, the next bit is really weird because I hear a voice again in my head say, whatever you do, don't turn around. And then I find myself without having any idea of how I got there. I was kneeling on my pillow, holding on to the bed head, and I was looking outside my window. And on the other side of the window, so not 
inside the window, but on the outside of the window, I see this golden glowing, it was like a diamond shape, but I would have to say it was like a geometric diamond because it had all these lines through it. Um, but I knew that this was the face of an alien. Why I was seeing it as a diamond, I have no idea. I don't know if that's what they call screen memory, that that I've actually done that to protect myself, or there are some thoughts that aliens actually put up that screen memory, so you're not so shocked. But I was transfixed to this thing, and I just, my eyes could not move. I was just looking at it, looking at it. And I don't know if it was, um, I don't know, saying anything to me, or I just could not get my eyes off it. And then the next thing, I'm laying in bed again. So, again, all this is all in split seconds and just trying to, um, um, you know, really get a hold of myself at this point and trying not. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. To lose it. Um, but I did think they had gone again. And I was just, the thoughts were going in my mind, what had happened to me. And then the next minute, at the top of my head, um, so the crown of my head, I feel like this pressure that I feel and I see at the same time. Now, this is where it's very surreal and very confusing, but I see a long, thin hand at the top of my head. So in real life, in, in what we would say, in our reality, there's no way I can actually see that, but it's almost like it was in my mind's eye. I could see this hand. Um, if, if you spread your hand out and then you put all your fingers together, it was drawing something out of the crown of my head, but I could actually feel it. And at this point, I was no longer paralyzed, and I swung around and I started swearing and in that split second, I thought to myself, oh, well, thank God I was able to speak because my husband will hear me or my husband will remember what I've said. So that went through my mind. But as I swung around and swore, because I actually thought they were taking me again, that's what it felt like. This pressure was pulling at me. Um, a female voice in clear English said to me, but again, in my head, well, they actually whispered, and they whispered secrets. But it was quite blood-curdling because it was secrets like this. And it was like, oh, it, like right now my blood's just gone cold. It was just frightening. It was unbelievable. And I was just, I suppose, in shock. I just thought, this can't be happening. But yet there I was, wide awake. So that was that. I lay there for the rest of the night. I could not sleep. 
but it got to the point where I was too scared to reach over to grab my husband because it was like something out of a horror movie. And in horror movies, you think you go to grab the person next to you and then they turn out to be the monster. That's what I was thinking to myself. I was so, so terrified. Um, So I just lay there trying to work out what is real and what isn't real anymore. It just threw me into such a spin. Wow, Marie, that is, I'm so sorry you had to go through an encounter like that. That sounds absolutely terrifying. And the whole time you're, you're telling me that I was, I was physically feeling shaken myself by it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? The next day, um, I said to my husband before he went to work, um, I actually said to him, I had a dream because I, I was too scared to say this has happened to me. I mean, how do you tell someone that? It's just, it's just out of our reality. And I was feeling so shaken and I just started crying. And I said, I had a really bad dream, you know, and he's tapping me on the back saying, oh, it's okay, you know, you'll be fine. And off he went to work. And I sat there replaying the whole thing. I could not get that clicking sound and that strumming sound out of my head. It just was going over and over and over. But I just kept replaying that whole thing um, all day. Um, But one thing that struck me, I couldn't work out why I was terrified. Because I'd had the upbringing, um, I was a medium. So the paranormal and all that um, was my normal. Uh, My mother was a big um, alien believer. Uh, We would often talk about things like that. Um, And that struck me why I was terrified because I used to think if ever I came face-to-face with an alien, I wouldn't be scared because I, I knew or I had what I say is that knowing that I had been taken and I can't even describe that, you know, what that is. Um, but I just knew. And even though those um, recurring dreams I had, I was a child, so I used to question it. But I just knew I'd, I would have them over and over and over again. Um, but even as an adult, um, I, I would have lots of these so-called dreams, you know, um, and lots of different experiences like that but this was something totally different. Um, So what happened then, um, I was working part-time. I was working for a doctor at the time, and I wasn't working the next day. So um, I phoned um, a UFO group in Sydney, and the woman, um, who answered? No, someone said the woman would get back to me. So, okay, that's fine. But I started researching instantly and I just got online and I typed in what aliens make the clicking and strumming noise. And I ended up on a forum and it was this um, UFO researcher over in the States and she actually got back to me and she said, look, I run a UFO support group. Um, And she said, the clicking noise is a mantis. And I thought, oh, you know, my gosh, because when I saw this diamond on the other side of the window, for some reason, this glowing gold shape that I saw, I thought was a head. 
And when I woke up the next morning, I think I slept for one hour just before my husband left for work. And I kept seeing this mantis, but it was like a praying mantis, not like an alien. I just kept seeing this little praying mantis. And um, I don't even think it was an hour I slept, but it was just a short time and I, I saw this praying mantis. And as soon as this woman from the States got back to me and said, look, that's what makes this clicking noise, you know, they call it the mantis being. So I just started researching that then. Um, so then, so that was on the Thursday. On the Friday, I had to go into work and I was only working part-time. So I was there for a few hours and to go from an awake um, encounter like that to having to try and um, get on with your normal life. That was really, really hard for me to do. Um, I was online at work, again, looking up mantis beings and all the rest of it. Um, I could hardly speak to anyone. I I could barely do my job that day. And after I left, the, the woman from the UFO group in Sydney called me and um, she said, look, I've got lots of, um, you know, drawings of, you know, um, what other people have seen. She said, you know, why don't you come over and we can go through the book and see if, you know, you find this diamond shape. So anyway, we, we made a date for that. Um, so on, so that was the Friday. So I was also petrified to go to sleep at night. Um, anyway, I got into bed. My husband and I watched a movie um, on his laptop. And I struggled to get to sleep, but I did fall asleep. And I don't know what time it was, but all of a sudden, throughout the night, I sat bolt upright. And at the foot of my bed, to the right, I saw two, I can't even describe them. It was very dark in the room, but I knew there were two, um, um, look, I'm just going to say aliens, because, but I don't know what type they were. And they rushed toward me once I sat up, and one of them jumped up onto the bed, but it was almost like a cat or a dog would jump up. It was that, I suppose it was like a double movement, you know, sort of boom, boom, yeah. onto the bed. And then they had me by my arms, and I just started struggling and I suppose, like wrestling, trying to get away. Now, at no point were they aggressive toward me. It was me trying. I was struggling, you know, to just – I couldn't speak, um, but just struggling to get away from them and freaking out. The next thing I could feel from my right foot up along my right leg, this – it's almost like when you have a general anesthetic and you feel that wave of um, whatever it is they give you, you know, it comes up in a wave of your body and then yeah. the next minute you're asleep. I could feel that from my right foot up. And if I looked at my leg, it was almost like I was following it up because I looked down at my right arm and I could feel it going up across my, across my collarbone, down my left arm and it, I was then becoming paralysed. When it got down to my left forearm, I looked and I could see the hand holding my arm. 
and then I just blacked out or whatever they do, they put you to sleep. So that was that. My next memory is my cat scratching at the door, trying to get out, and it was raining really heavy outside, and I couldn't quite work out if he was outside the window trying to get in or if he was at the door trying to get out. And as I woke up, I was in excruciating pain all in my lower abdomen. And again, freaking out, thinking, oh my gosh, and then remembering what had happened throughout the night. And I thought, I have to wake my husband up and tell him to take me to the hospital. I was in so much pain. And then I just thought again, Marie, you have to get a grip of yourself because this is just, this is really unbelievable. And you have to, I, I felt like I was losing my mind. And not because, I didn't believe what had happened. I was awake and I knew what had happened. But just for my mind to try and comprehend it and then again put it into my reality was nearly impossible. So I tried to calm myself down and I'm a Reiki practitioner. So I just put my hands there on my stomach and I just started giving myself Reiki. And then that pain went from excruciating to gone and to me that tells me it was an energetic thing um so it really wasn't a physical thing although i feel wherever they took me that night they did something um which left me in that pain um but then it just went the moment i did reiki on myself do you think that was your your body's aura trying to Letting you know something happened to you? Look, maybe, because the moment I woke up, I remembered what had happened and I felt the pain at the same time and then trying to deal with that pain and think, oh, no, what am I going to tell my husband? Um, What am I going to do? And what do I say when I get to the hospital? Because I was convinced that I would have to go. Um, So, yeah, maybe. That's that's incredibly intense there, Marie. Did you ever open up to your husband about these events at all? Yes. Yeah. And look, for a while, um, he was, well, he's still very supportive, but it is out of our world. It's just so, um, you know, you think to yourself, these things happen, you know, in movies. Um this could be something out of, you know, some sort of, I don't know, horror story. But these things actually happen. And that's one reason I really wanted to speak out after this first happened to me in 2016, because I was so concerned that I knew that I'd been taken as a child. I knew aliens existed. But I was concerned for those who are skeptics those who may have not remembered they had been taken, and then for people like that to have an awake encounter, I thought that would send them insane. And I thought, I have to get myself to a support group to sort my head out, to try and get my head around it, so therefore maybe I can help other people. Um, But the sad thing is, you know what, I couldn't find any support groups. I was shocked. I thought. The UFO community were really letting people down. They were all into um, 
uh, you know, getting, um, you know, sightings and, um, oh, yeah, you've been abducted. Let's, you know, let's talk about that at the next UFO meeting. But there was no support for these people and that shocked me. It it really doesn't surprise me, Marie, because it's one of these things where, I mean, I could hear it in your story. You you felt like you couldn't tell anyone because you thought people mm. might think you were crazy. And yeah. you, it sounded like you maybe were even questioning it yourself if what happened was real or, or anything like that. And to, I guess for a group of people to, I guess, form a, a support group, that would be that's a that's a really big leap of faith in not only yourself but also complete strangers about this absolutely terrifying experience that I guess every individual in this circumstance would have had. Yeah. Look, I never doubted um what happened to me, but I did try and um what I struggled with was trying to fit that then into my everyday life. I thought, how 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 do I cope now? How do I carry on? Because as um as a medium and being a very spiritual person, I was brought up with the belief that I had guides and um these guides were always there to look after me. Um whenever I did readings, you know, they were there. And I started to question everything. I thought, well, if we're being taken, um randomly like this, um, obviously there's no one to protect us. You know, people talk about God and I thought, well, like everything, I questioned everything and that can actually send you a little bit crazy. Do you still um, question that now? Um, on and off, with all the research I've done um, since this happened and I have had 29 other experiences since then. And so I've had a lot of research to do and I've had a lot of questions to ask myself, but I still come back to, I don't know. I just don't know. I would like to think there is a God, but I don't know. I Like some days I think to myself, well, yes, there is a God and aliens are just part of God's world as we are, and, you know, there's many different universes out there and, um, you know, so many different life forms. Um, And I do believe we are coming to the awakening um, because I believe that I was allowed to be awake during that encounter. Uh, Sorry, that first encounter, that awake encounter. Um, I don't think that was, you know, just by chance that I happened to wake up because I've been taken all my life, so they haven't allowed me to be awake. Uh, They've allowed me to recall it in the recurring dreams and other dreams I've had, but um, they've never allowed me to be awake before. Um, And I did contact someone again the next day after that first encounter, and this lady also ran um, a UFO group, not a support group, and she said to me, She said, Marie, I can't tell you how many mediums have called me in the last six months telling me they've had awake encounters. So she was also under the, um, you know, idea that we, there isn't, there is an awakening and that we, that we were allowed to be awake. 
and whether that is to, I don't know, spread the word or prepare ourselves. I don't know what's coming or I don't know what the agenda is, but um, but it seems to be happening all over the world. Do you think there's a reason that they took you, Marie? Um, I do believe that it's, I mean, it certainly runs in my family. Um, as I said, my mother was a big believer in aliens. Both my parents had seen um, where a craft had landed um, down the south coast of New South Wales. Um, I can't really remember what year that was. Um, I myself have seen lots of um, UFOs throughout my life. Um, but I do believe that my family is part of the breeding program and um, I've had my own experience with that, something I don't really like to talk about. Um, yeah, but I do believe there is that agenda and that is the breeding program. But um, I also believe, and again, this is through my research that I've done, that. Um, all humans have been, um, you know, we've had our DNA um, changed and I do believe we are part alien. Um, but again, I don't know for certain. This is just something that at the moment this is what I believe. Oh, and that's fair enough. I mean, it really falls into the narrative of the whole missing link in the in the human DNA sequence. Yes. So yes. it's you know there's there's no right or wrong in this. It's it's quite fascinating, and you know every avenue really needs to be taken as a as a potential option, which is which is fascinating in this whole scheme of things. Yeah. Before I let you go tonight, though, Marie, I do have to ask, how did you touch a grey alien? Oh well, that um. <laughs> When at the time when I described to my sister what their skin felt like, I had no idea. I just knew, and I feel I knew um, through recall. But after my awake encounter, um, I was regressed by um, a forensic hypnotherapist. Uh, he used to work for the police force, and he used to regress people, um, you know, victims of crime, um, so they could remember. Um, you know, the more, I suppose, finer details because they had gone through trauma um, and I was lucky enough to be regressed by him. Uh, not a lot came out for me because at the time I was still very, very scared. Eight, I think it was up to eight months after my encounters, I barely slept. Um, I was very, very frightened. Um and But in that regression, there were two things that rang true for me. Um, one was this grey alien that had me by the hand. And again, his skin felt exactly how I described it a few years prior to my sister. Um, and he, we were walking through this craft, on board a craft. And he said to me, again, through telepathy, he said, we have to hurry. We're very busy tonight. And it was like, oh, you know, great, okay. Um, I saw a mantis being on board. Um, I had a long needle put into my right ear that night. Um, 
And what he regressed me on was that first awake encounter. Because the other one was too traumatic, he wouldn't regress me on that one, where I woke up the next morning in such pain. Um, and a few things that I've had confirmation with is um, that that night on board the craft, I was put into this almost um, blue fluid-like suit. It was like a suction suit that when they put it on me, it just um, sucked, you know, sort of very tightly along my body. Um, but it was like fluid, very hard to describe. It felt like um, velvet, very soft and cool, but it reminded me of water. Um, and I've had confirmation um, from another abductee that they also have experienced that type of um, fluid. Some people call it energy light, but it's, oft it's often blue. Um, yeah, so that was that. But that's, yeah, I just knew what the grey alien's skin felt like. But, you know, obviously because I'd had experiences as a child um, and some, you know, that I haven't been allowed to remember. Well, Marie, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing those encounters. They are absolutely terrifying and, and amazing in their own way. Well, thank you. I just hope that I've been able to help someone that has also had, you know, similar experiences and, um, and it does help to speak out. Um, yeah, because it is happening all over the world. And I think it's very important that people don't feel alone with this. So I'd like to thank you for, you know, giving me this opportunity. And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au. Or you can message me on Facebook. And that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe, and you've been listening to Believe, Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.